Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the first episode of the Women Doing It Big in Beauty podcast, the podcast that is committed to encouraging, motivating, and inspiring new hairstylists, or not so new hairstylists, that may be losing their passion in the industry. I'm your host, Opal Clark, and I'm thrilled to introduce Sandra Woodard to you on today. So Sandra, thank you so much for joining me today. So tell the um, listeners a little bit about yourself today. Well, first of all, let me say hello to everybody and good morning. Uh, thank you, Opal, for having me. I appreciate it so You're much. Uh, I have been in the industry since 1989, okay. so I'm coming up on 30 years. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, went into the industry right out of high school. It so happened that when I was in high school, I went to see the guidance counselor, had that, uh, you know, 12th grade interview, what are you going to do with your life? Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going directly to college. Okay. Because that's what we have in our family. Mm -hmm. You know, firstborn, you got to go to college. And what ended up happening is, is she told me, you don't have the grades. Oh, wow. Yeah. She said, you don't have the grades, and unless your parents have money, uh, you can't go. And so... I had to think of something fast, and at that time, I loved playing in people's hair anyway, and I thought, well, I'll just work my way through college. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll do. Mm -hmm. And so I signed up the very next week after I graduated from high school mm -hmm. to for a cosmetology school, and I happened to feel like, I'm like, if I invest my time, I'm going to use it. Okay. So the rest is her story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and that's kind of like me. I actually took cosmetology in high school. Um, but I didn't know that I wanted to do it as a career. I mm. knew that I loved the beauty industry, but I wasn't sure if I wanted a career in it. And my parents told me that, Hey, you have to go to college. That was pretty much my family, you know, as well. They thought that beauty was just something play play. Right. And so I went on to college and I just didn't do well because at the end of the day, I was very passionate about the beauty industry, but I kind of had to grow up. So about four years later, that's when I really got into the career of the beauty part of it. So I can relate to you about, you know, college and not really knowing what to do and what you want to want to do and things like that. Um, so the beauty industry, you know, I'm very passionate about it, as I know you are. And, and us having been in the industry for close to 30 years or 30 years, um, We've seen a lot of things and, and met a lot of people. Correct. And I know that you were recently the learning leader at Paul Mitchell, the school. Yes, um, so tell me how you kind of got into the learning leader um, position. Right. Well, I'll um, continue to piggyback on my story. You know, at the time when I had my high school graduation party, my grandmother was like, uh, so, Sandra, what exactly are you going to do mm -hmm. the rest of your life? And mm -hmm. I told her I was going to college school, and she's like, oh, Sandra. <laughs> she wasn't none too happy. And I took a stance towards Grandma. I said, listen, this is a billion-dollar industry. Mm -hmm. There's more to it than just doing hair. I'm going to have a salon. I'm going to teach. And when I went to cosmetology school, you know, that old age of um, – feeling like you didn't learn anything from mm -hmm. your cosmetology instructors, but that's, that's not true. You mm -hmm. do learn. You just mm -hmm. don't realize what you're learning. Yes. 
And so it was always my intention to go and become an instructor, but I wanted to wait until I had some time up under my belt rather than just do it because that was the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, <clears throat> it took me a while to get the nerve up because, you know, cosmetology schools kind of have a reputation. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I always wanted to teach. That's always been in me. And so I finally got my instructor's license back in 2011. Okay. And it was with the intention of teaching CU classes. Okay. And I didn't necessarily think about going into the schools, but uh, I had to wait to find a provider to work with. Mm -hmm. And then I got a job and it led me to Paul Mitchell. Now the interesting thing is I always wanted to work with that brand. Uh, 20 years prior, I had tried to get with them. So this was like a dream come true. I got a part-time job there and I grew there very, very fast. I ended up becoming the education leader for the school and I was with the school for five years. Okay. Okay. So it was, it was a big transition for me because I had been in the salon at that point for, um, nearly 20 years. Well, actually yeah, nearly mm-hmm. 20 years mm-hmm. as a stylist. And so going back into that environment and working with the younger folks, that was really interesting. It took me back. It made me realize how much I missed okay. when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it met, let me see also how much the industry had changed. Oh, wow. Because mm-hmm. when you're in your own environment, you may not be taking the necessary steps to grow as much as the industry is growing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so when I stepped back and went into the school environment, I really began to see, wow, things have really changed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And during that time that you were um, at the school, you still kept your private salon open. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so how were you able to manage a full-time career as well as a salon owner position? Right. Uh, it was initially, it was challenging because right as I had gotten that position, I had lost some staff and I was like, I wanted to make it to 20 years of owning the salon. And I went to my um, administrator and I said, you know, this is happening. She says, hire a salon manager. Mm-hmm. And it had not occurred to me to do that. And that's what I did. And the salon actually grew during the time that I was at the oh, school. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's very interesting because I know um, typically I've had the opportunity to own my own business um, at some point in my career. And I didn't really have the money to hire a salon manager or a payroll manager. Um, I kind of had to do all of that stuff myself just because I didn't have the money coming into the salon. Mm -hmm. So how were you able to maneuver kind of around that and have someone, you know, there Mm -hmm. full time? Well, I had um, I have independent contractors, also known as a booth running salon. Mm And so uh, the way that I marketed it was is that I needed a salon manager mm-hmm. and I was able to discount their rate okay. so that, you know, there was an incentive for them. Okay. And I told them mainly what I need is for you to be here. Okay. Okay. 
Well, that that is a um, awesome idea. A lot of people don't think of that. You know, that goes back to um, back in the day when our ancestors did bartering because they didn't have the money. Right. So it was something in it for her as well as something in it for you. And it created a win-win situation right. for you all. And also, I'll say this too. This was a newer stylist too. So okay. she was still very much hungry mm -hmm. um, she saw the opportunity to learn from me because mm -hmm. she knew that I was working at the school mm -hmm. and um, she's actually she's still at the salon to this day okay. um, doing very very well but she she was just starting out so she didn't really have a built-up clientele okay and so this was an opportunity for her to build her clientele up uh -huh. um, for me to impart education to her okay you know okay so. well good so let me ask you this we know that a lot of people um, get into this industry for whatever reason or another. Um, I don't know if a lot of them just thinks that it's an easy you know, thing for them to do or someone in their family may have pushed them to do this. But what would you say is the number one reason that people fail in this industry? That is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have seen a lot of people who have a lot of talent, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to stay self-motivated. Okay, yeah. They're looking for external things to motivate them. And every day you've got to push yourself. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that because I think that the school focus a lot on the technical skills of the business, but they don't really focus on the mindset, the communication, the professionalism, those things like that, that are really needed just as much as the technical. I'd say even more so because you're going into the people industry, even mm -hmm. though um, your focus may be hair or makeup or skin, mm -hmm. you're going into the people industry. Yes, and absolutely. If you're not, even if you're not a people person, yes. you better fake it till you make it. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely right. I agree. Because in today's society, um, the typical ones that are coming out into school with all the technology that they have, they know how to communicate through that, but they are not into the people skills of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that you hit the nail on the head with one of the, the main reasons why they um, fail in this industry. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about tips on choosing a place to work. Um, because a lot of times I've had the opportunity to interview lots of stylists and a lot of times I see that they just choose the first place that is offered to them for a job. They don't really look to see what um, salons have to offer or they don't really know what their goals are. So they just take the first job that's offered to them. So what tips can you give them for choosing a place to work? I would say, um, first and foremost, while you are in school, go around to different salons and mm -hmm. check them out. Mm -hmm. You know, ask yourself, is this an environment that you would want to be if you were a client? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, also look for growth opportunities. I had a stylist that was with me. Um, she wasn't really strong with cutting hair. And I told her, quite honestly, and it meant me losing revenue, but I told her, I said, you want to learn how to cut hair? You need to go to a salon where that is the focus. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she did take me up on what I was saying. And she'll tell people to this day, she's like, 
it made me so much stronger because she told me mm-hmm. where to go in order to learn the skill set I was looking to learn. Sometimes you need to be in those environments so that you're getting the volume of mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so don't be afraid to start out maybe a little bit smaller, you know, but it's still yet it's going to grow you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And also, too, you know, shadowing, asking people, can you come and spend some time with them? Talk to salon owners. Don't be intimidated to to talk to people because more than likely they're looking for you anyway. Yes, absolutely. And I know that a lot of times when they finish school, a lot of them just say, oh, I want to work for myself. I'm not going to work for a commission salon or or I don't want to work under commission. But they have no clientele and then immediately think that they're going to get out of school and they are going to be self-employed. Right. Yeah. And so what what could I guess what type of um, suggestions could you give them in regards to that? I'll say that if you do have that feeling and I've I've grown in my own thought process um, in this last year because I used to feel like well, they need to do it the old model way. Mm-hmm. This is the way we used to do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, there's multiple ways mm-hmm. to where you're trying to go. I would say if you're going, if your plan is to become independent, then you need to start working on that now while you're in school, yes. taking every client that they give you, mm-hmm. building a clientele, you know, knowing the magic number for success. Mm-hmm. Do you know that you need to have at least 200 clients? Mm-hmm. To be wow. viable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, at yes. least fifty uh-huh. in rotation. Yes. So with that, with with a, a, a number to work with, then you know what your goal setting needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're not that, you know, if you don't feel like that you can do it in that approach, then seeking out those salons that do give you commission. Mm-hmm. What those salons are going to offer you is an opportunity to groom yourself for professionalism. Yes, absolutely. Because there's an actual business model. Yes, absolutely. And a format that's been already thought out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that goes into um, a new segment that you have just recently started called Mind Your Business Mondays. So, yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what Mind Your Business Mondays is and what inspired you to start that segment. Okay. Uh, it's funny because, you know, as hairdressers, we tend to be sassy, you know, (laughs) sassy, but it's not a sassy. It's, it's a play on words. Um, I strongly believe that we need to take time. There's two aspects to the business. There's the working with actual guests and then there's the actual business aspect of the business. And so what inspired me to start mind your business Mondays is the fact that we do need to mind our business on a regular basis. And that means taking care of the paperwork side. Yes, Yes, absolutely. You know, whether that's marketing yourself, whether that is working on your brand, whether that is looking for a location for the salon you want to open. Yes. You know, what are you doing to mind your business? And I pick Monday because typically um, we don't work as much yes. on Monday. Yes. So that's a, a good start day yes. to work absolutely. on that. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that so much because um, not only did I 
get my cosmetology um, diploma or certificate in high school, I started in college and I kind of stopped. But I went back and got my business degrees because business and beauty go hand in hand. And so I got my undergrad degree and I actually went on to get an um, executive MBA because if you don't have the business skills, I don't care how well those technical skills are, they go hand in hand and you need them both in order to succeed. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to see um, or to hear more about what you have to say about Mind Your Business Mondays because <laughs> they definitely need to know the business aspects of it. And I know that sometimes people may not always have the time to go back you know, for a formal education, but everything helps. I'm a strong advocate of continuing your learning process. In this industry, I always say the day that we stop learning is the day that we will stop eating because it's a continuous um, journey to educating yourself in this industry. Well, let me just say this. Um, I don't think a lot of stylists realize some of the people that make the most money in the beauty industry are not stylists, are not makeup artists, Mm -hmm. are not estheticians. It tends to be those people who are, you know, taking the time to figure out how to market Mm -hmm. and brand and put the numbers together to grow. And so what I found is, is that, you know, when I, I, the the times that I was working for someone, they weren't stylists. Yes. Wow. You know? Mm -hmm. And so for us, I think that we have to really take hold of our industry and ownership of it and that comes with a responsibility and and that's what minding your business monday is all about is tending to that business that gets ignored yes absolutely so sonia sonja i'll keep wanting to call you sonia but (laughs) i know that is sonja um if there was one piece of advice you could give a new stylist what would that advice be I would say find a good mentor. Yes. Find a really, really good mentor. Um, Also, I would say continue your education. Yes. Continue your education. I mean, we begrudge going to continuing education classes. We spend tons of money on um, learning skill set, but not nearly as much on um, making ourselves well-rounded. So understanding that there is a psychology to this Mm -hmm. and if you dig into that aspect of it it would help also i would say make sure that you present a professional image Mm -hmm. i think it's very important to represent what you say you do you hate to meet a plumber and their toilet is always backed up absolutely absolutely (laughs) so where can our listeners connect with you sandra Um, You can uh, find me on Facebook, uh, Sanja Woodard. You also can find the Mind Your Business Mondays on uh, licensed salon uh, professionals on Facebook as well. Okay. All right. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that this episode has encouraged, motivated, or inspired you in some way today. If so, please don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with another stylist that needs to hear it. So thank you so much again, Sandra Woodard, and 
We will connect again soon.